of Elijah after he had won that great victory on Mount Carmel, uh, he was found running for his life. What happened? This is the word of the Lord and we will be reading from 1 Kings 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also, how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them tomorrow about this time. So she had sent a threat to Elijah, the servant of the Lord, the servant of God who had just only gotten a great victory, uh, just only prayed and a miracle of a great rain, abundance of rain came after many years of drought. This servant of God hears the message from Jezebel and the Bible says in verse 3, and when he saw that, when Elijah saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. No matter how great you were before, no matter how strong you were before, no matter how full of faith you were before, and how many testimonies you had in the past, it doesn't mean that you will not be afraid for the things of the future. Uh, it can happen to the best of us. And that's an encouragement, actually, because none of us would probably compare ourselves with Elijah, the great man of God. And if it can happen to Elijah that he was found running, even after a great victory, then it can happen to any one of us. And the Word of God has an encouragement, has a way out, has something to say into that situation, into that heart that is fearful. So let's listen to this. Fear, the Bible says, is a spirit. All right, we know this from 2 Timothy 1.7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. It's a spirit, okay? It is not to be entertained. It is not to be, uh, 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 you know, kept uh, in our lives, don't store fear, don't keep fear, don't entertain fear. It's not a natural thing, it's a spiritual thing. This whole thing about seeing, what do we see, what do we really see, is very, very important in life. The servant of God after Elijah was Elisha. And Elisha uh, had a servant, and if you remember a story where the, the uh, army of Assyria had come and they were looking for the servant of God because they knew that he was the one that was causing trouble. Uh, to their army, uh, to Syria. And S the Syrian army heard about Elisha and they came and they wanted to take Elisha and they surrounded the city, you know. And uh, Elisha, uh, according to the word of God, if you read it for yourself, he was not afraid. He was not afraid, but his servant was. His servant woke up in the morning and saw this great army surrounding the city and for sure, in the natural, they had no chance to survive. But, but, Elisha was not afraid. He said, he said, do not be afraid. He told his servant, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Why? Because greater are they who are with us than they who are against us. And then he prayed a prayer. Elisha prayed, God, open the eyes of my servant. I believe his servant's name was Gehazi. Open the eyes of my servant. And the eyes of the servant were open. And what did the servant see? He saw. Come on, people, I'm talking about seeing. You got to see as God sees. Come on, today I pray in Jesus' name that we all will see as God wants us to see. 
not just see COVID-19 as everybody else is seeing it, not see, you know, uh, well, now it's called the RMCO, right? Uh, the Recovery MCO, you know, not just see the RMCO as other people are seeing it, not see this and that, you know, in a negative light and in, the, in a fearful light, but begin to see, you know, opportunity even where there's obstacle. Come on, people, in the name of Jesus, may our eyes be open and Elisha prayed, Elisha prayed. God opened the eyes of my servant. The servant saw, he saw chariots, chariots all around, chariots of fire he saw. And greater indeed were they that were for them, for Elisha and his servant, than those who were against them. Come on people, we need to see as God wants us to see that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. God is a good God. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will always provide for us. Yes, some of us might suffer a little loss here and there. Yes, some of us may suffer a little pay cut here and there. Yes, some of us may even have to, you know, maybe even give up uh, whatever it is that we're doing, maybe even close down a shop or close down a business. But I'm telling you, uh, He will be your provider. He will make sure there's bread on your table. He is the one who gives us this day our daily bread. Amen. And if there's no more bread on the earth, He will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until there's no room enough to contain it. Manna from heaven will come for you. I'm telling you right now, God is faithful. Do not fear. You do not need to be afraid. God is with us. His name is Emmanuel. He will never leave us nor forsake us. What do we see? So you know what happened? When Jezebel sent a messenger, the messenger told Elijah that by this time tomorrow, Jezebel said, may the gods do to her, all right, do to her if she doesn't make sure that Elijah will go by the way of the prophets of Baal. Meaning that as he slaughtered the prophets of Baal, he too will be slaughtered this time tomorrow. Now that kind of message and that kind of a reputation that comes behind the message, Jezebel had a reputation. And sometimes because of that reputation, because of what you've heard before, that this guy is able to do, that that guy is capable of, that that gangster is capable of, or whatever it is, you've heard, you've heard. But you know, the Bible doesn't say that when Elijah heard it, he ran for his life. It says when Elijah saw it. I think it's amazing, right, that a messenger will come to you to give you a message from Jezebel. And the Bible doesn't say that when Elijah heard it. It says when Elijah saw it, how do you see a message? What do you think? Do you think the messenger came from Jezebel and what is there? Was there an iPad? Was, was there a video? What? No, he spoke. So it's not just about hearing, it's about seeing. So Elijah heard the message, but the Bible says when he saw it, he ran for his life. What did he see? He must have seen Jezebel's face. He must have seen the, the, you know, the things that, 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 that he has seen before, heard before, pictures in his mind of people dying under Jezebel and the threats that Jezebel made before. You know, she carried through. I don't know what he saw, but what he saw, people, not just what you heard, but what he saw. And it is, it is the imagination that causes you to see. You see visuals in your mind. What you hear creates pictures in our minds. And it will, be, it, will be, it will be pictures of fear, it will be pictures of death, it will be pictures of sickness, it will be pictures of all kinds of things that is opposite from what God really wants us to see. My question is, what do you see? My question is, what do you choose to see? Amen. Do you see His promises that are yes and amen, or do you see problems, problems, problems? 
I, I want to encourage us all to see His promises. Even though we hear bad news, let our eyes be open. Let our eyes be open to see the glory of the Lord. Let our eyes be open to see the goodness of our God, even in the midst of the difficulty, even in the midst of you know, the downward trend, even in the midst of the economic uh, uh, situation, even in the midst of darkness. Let's, uh, let, let our eyes see that God is with us and He will never fail us, never, never fail us. He's a good God. And I want you to continue to see, because if you can see, you can speak. You see, the thing is, after we see, we will say. After we see something, our mouth will follow. And it's very important because the confession of the tongue, the confession of the mouth will bring forth life or death. You know that. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So it's not just about the power of seeing. The power of seeing leads you to the power of speaking. And it is speaking that brings forth life or death. So if you see something in the imagination of your mind, if you see a picture after hearing of a bad news outside and you cause your mind to show you this visual, you know, this movie, you know, Korean movie or whatever movie, you know, makes you cry, makes you sad, makes you down, is playing in your mind. But it's not just in your mind, your mouth. It will be in your mouth and you will speak and you will speak death and I pray that you won't. I pray that when you see God looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, come on, endured the cross. See Jesus, look at Jesus, look at him, focus on him. See him even in the midst of COVID-19, the RMCO, whatever it is, see him. And when you see him, you will say him. When you see the promise, you will speak the promises. Amen. But this was not Elijah's experience. He saw death. Just in chapter 18, he was there calling down fire. And one chapter later, he's running for his life. I I'm telling you right now, it can happen to the best of us. But take courage. God has a plan. I said God has a plan. So today, before I close, I want to talk to you about the place. As you journey along this journey called fear that is caused by bad news. The Bible actually says when Elijah saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, first place. Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. Israel had already split from Judah and one kingdom became two kingdoms after King Solomon. In Samaria, there was a king called Ahab. Ahab was the husband of Jezebel. So Samaria was a dangerous place for Elijah to remain in. So Elijah ran for his life. And where did he run to? The first place most of us run to in this journey of fear is to a safe place. That's usually pit stop number one. We all go to a safe place. What was the first thing the government told us? when there was an increase and a spike in COVID-19. Stay home. That was a rallying call. Do not rumah diam diam. Stay home. We run to a safe place. It's a place not only that's safe, it's a place that can save lives. It's a place that is familiar, a place that we are in control. Did you hear that? That's the first place we all run to. A place that we are familiar, a place that we know, a place that we can at least guard ourselves. But not just ourselves, our families. We want to make sure that our families are safe. 
And so that's the first place. Judah was that safe place. It was, you know, the opposite of Samaria. And Elijah knew that it would be safe. You know what he did? The Bible says he left his servant there. And so, you know, his servant could be his family, and we could also be the same. We're thinking about our children, I know. Those of you who have children, young children, you're thinking about your children. Those of you who have elderly parents, you're thinking about your elderly parents. So I know, the first safe place you go to, all of us go to, is there. But I want to say to you that God doesn't want you to just remain there. That's the truth. See, I told you there's a journey where even as you take this journey of fear, if you are taking this journey of fear according to God's will and God's way, this journey of fear will actually lead you to a place of faith. Whoa, hallelujah, did you hear me? This journey of fear will actually lead you to a place of faith if you are journeying with God. Don't just stay there at Beersheba, Judah with your family, but move on. So the first place is a safe place, safe for him, safe for his family. I call it the place for the body, meaning it's bodily safety. You know, it's safety for your health. So you and I won't catch COVID-19. It's for the body. But there's a deeper place God will take us to, I'm telling you right now. And it's a place beyond the body called the soul. God wants us to go through this journey of fear and take us deeper. It's a place of the soul where the emotions are, the will is, and the mind is. Mind is part of the soul. Emotions, part of the soul. And the will, the will to make decisions. That's the soul area. So where did Elijah continue? He left his servant at Beersheba, Judah, but he continued. The Bible says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness. Into the wilderness. That's the second place. And that's where most of us will find ourselves in, in a dry place, in a place, you know, our soul will have to be tested. Our soul will, you know, go through some sort of a journey where uh, we, we're not just satisfied with bodily safety. Although our body can be saved, our soul is not satisfied. And how many of you have been home for two months now, three months now, while your body is safe, your soul is not satisfied? Your mind has not been renewed. You know, your emotions have been up and down. You know, your, your will uh, uh, is, is kept in a drawer somewhere. You've not really been making uh, 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 great decisions for the Lord. It's always safe decisions, but, but, not, but not decisions that you know. You're not satisfied. So you, you know these decisions that you're making on a daily basis are, are probably coming to a place of boredom. You know, too easy. You, you, don't, you know you're not made for this. You're not made for the wilderness, but yet God will allow you to go into a place where your soul will be tested. And while your body is saved, your soul will not be satisfied. This is the next place we all need to get to. And so you're not thinking about just bodily safety anymore. You're thinking about your soul. Is my soul enriched? Is my soul empowered? Is my soul making a difference? So Elijah went into the wilderness, that's the second place, and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. I'm doing nothing, I'm, I'm doing nothing, you know, that God has called me to do. And, and, and that's what Elijah prayed. He prayed, oh, that I might die. And I pray that none of you die, okay? I, I pray that none of you think further about dying like that. I'm just saying that sometimes it's, it feels like we're in a place of barrenness, a place of unfruitfulness, a place of non-excitement, a place of, you know, where you're not fulfilling your call, you, 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 you've lost your, your cutting edge, you're blunt. And that's what's happening. 
in that, in that place of wilderness where you're walking for a day in a dry and hot place and you, and you might be dried up, you might be tired, you know, you get bored even with things that you were excited about three months ago, but you're not as, as excited now. It's a place of wilderness. And all of us need to get there. We need to get there because we need to ask ourselves hard questions. Elijah said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. I am no better than my father's. You know, I, I'm thinking that Elijah could have regretted because he just won a victory in 1 Kings 18 and then he's running away from Jezebel in 1 Kings 19 from a woman. One woman. Hundreds of prophets of Baal. One woman. is running away. Maybe a feeling of regret, remorse, shame. Anyone feeling that? I don't know what you're going through as you're watching this. But it's a place of wilderness, a testing of your soul. Enough, Lord, enough. I can't take this anymore. Some of you are even bordering depression. Yeah. I've heard of, about many students who are bordering on depression. Some have gone into it. I mean, what do you call I'm going to read it to you and then you tell me what you call it, okay? Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. Wow, the angel fed him, man. The angel fed him, I said. Where? In the wilderness. All of us will have to go through that wilderness. But I've got good news for you. You and I can be in the wilderness, but the angel will feed us. God will make sure that even in a place of testing and dryness, a place where you feel like, I can't take this anymore, God will be there. Who was the one who baked it? The angel. Have you ever seen the angel cook? The angel cooked for Elijah, man, and gave him not just a cup of water, a jar of water. There will be more than enough. I'm telling you right now. You might not be enough of yourself in the wilderness, but God is going to be there for you. But you know what happened? Arise and eat, right? And Elijah arose and ate. And then the Bible says, and lay down again. So after he ate, he slept again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. What do you call a person who gets up, eat, sleep again? Only to get up, eat, and sleep again. That is very close to depression, guys. Yeah, nothing else to live for. You ask any student uh, who just gets up, eat, go sleep. When you wake up in the morning, you hope it's night. When you go to, night, uh, to the night to sleep, you hope it's morning. You, know, you, you just don't want the day to be long. You want the day to be short. You want to sleep your life away because you're down and you're depressed. <laughs> Elijah was depressed, man. Come on, he's a servant of the Most High God, but he was depressed. All he wanted to do was sleep, and then the angel woke him up to eat. He ate, and then he slept again. I call that depression, man. So Elijah not only was running away from a woman, the man of God also was depressed. Can a man of God be depressed? Can a woman of God be, de be depressed? Yes. But even then, God is with us. The angel of God woke him up again and said, eat again, eat again, because the journey is too great for you. And for some of us people, I, 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 I tell you this, before I go into the next place that Elijah had to go to, he went from Judah to the wilderness, in Judah, he left his family there. Leave your family safe in Judah. But he himself, just like many of us, will have to go through the wilderness. And the third place was the mountain of God. Many of us today need to get there. 
I'm going to say it again. We need to get to the mountain of God, where God is. But you see, the angel said, you get up and eat. Why? Because the journey is too great for you. You know what that means to me? Many of us don't even have the strength to get to where God really is. We want to. We want to get there. We want to get our deliverance. We want to get our healing. We want to get our blessing. We want to get, you know, fellowship and worship in the presence of God. We want to get there. We want to get there. But the journey, even though it's only a, you know, a hundred meters can be too far for you. Because sometimes when we are fatigued and we are down and we are depressed, even getting to church is too far for you. Even getting up this morning to get into Zoom call or this uh, web- website or whatever it is, it could be YouTube or Facebook, even this is very hard for some people, you know? When you're down, it's very hard to get up. So the angel knew, I know the journey is too great for you. But eat. I give you food. I give you a jar of water. I give you sustenance. You know, I want to tell you right now before I go on, God is a very practical God. He's a very practical God. He will tell us and teach us practical things. And sometimes all it, all it takes is drinking water. Come on, all it takes is sleeping earlier. All it takes is some exercise maybe. All it takes is, you know, you know, something practical. Talk to somebody maybe. Pray with somebody maybe. It doesn't always have to be spiritual. Practical. And do that. Do that, man. You know, wake up earlier. Sleep earlier. Get at least seven hours of sleep. You know, do something practical. And the angel of God fed the servant of God. Arise, eat, arise, eat, drink. The journey I know is too great for you, but you will get there. You and I, from Judah to wilderness, where we want to give up, we need to get to God. We need to get to the mountain of God. And the angel of God knows that, and he will come, not just visit us once, not just visit us twice. He will give us sustenance. He will give us strength. He will give us encouragement. Come on. He will give us practical advice and steps to be able to, come on, do the supernatural. And I'm going to read to you right now. There is the practical and there's the supernatural. So he arose after eating, and Elijah ate and drank again, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights. Twice he ate. The second time the, the, the angel said, eat again, because the journey is too great. He ate, two practical steps led to one supernatural event. What was the supernatural event? Elijah, the servant of God, was able to journey for 40 days and 40 nights without ever eating and drinking again. It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. I want to say that to all of us who are watching. God wants to do a supernatural work in your lives. You got to believe it. This COVID-19 and MCO is not there for no reason. This going to Judah and ending up at the wilderness, He didn't bring us this far to leave us here, people. I'm going to say it again. He didn't bring us this far to leave us here. Come on, keep the journey going. Keep going. God will sustain us because finally we need to get to the mountain of God, the mountain where God is, the mountain of deliverance, the mountain of healing, the mountain where we will get answers in Jesus' name. So he got to the mountain of God. We have the body, we have the soul. And now let's get into the spirit. Let's go deeper, people. Are you ready? Let's go deeper. When he came to the mountain of God, the Bible says Elijah went into a cave. Even in the mountain of God, there, there is cave. There is a cave. So even in the spirit, I want to tell you now, 
It's not as easy as just the spirit. There are, there are different levels. There are different, different depths in the cave. Elijah went into the cave, and this is what happened. He spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here? Wow, what a question from God. Do you hear God coming to you today and say, Kenneth, what are you doing here? Here doesn't just mean a physical place. Here can mean a spiritual place. Here can mean an emotional place. Here can mean, you know, a place of hiding. A place of, you know, where you're saying something with your mouth. No, I'm not scared lah. And yet, you made decisions that are based on fear. You've got to answer this question because only you can answer it. What are you doing here? Where is here, God? Well, you know. The heart is very deceiving and the mouth can follow suit. A lot of people are saying, no, you know, this is the reason why I'm doing this. But actually, another reason is true. And that reason is based on fear or lack or offense. And so God wants to take us deeper. It was first Judah, the body. Then the wilderness is the soul. And then now he takes, he takes us to the mountain of God where there's a cave. And Elijah goes into that cave. And God meets Elijah in that cave and he says, why are you here? We've got to answer this question, why are we here? Why are we really here? Amen? And this, this is good news because God wants to take us to a deep place, a deeper place where he can bring a deeper, greater deliverance in Jesus' name. What are you doing here, Elijah? So Elijah answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. So there are a few things here. He's complaining to God. I am left alone. The only one who loves you, the only one who's following you, the only one, you know, who wants to do your will. Look at all the people, even the people of Israel. You know, look at the stuff they've been doing, killing your prophets. I alone am left, he says. He complains to God. And he also says, God, I've been very zealous. You know, it's almost like trying to tell God, God, I I've been doing great things for you. I've been righteous for you. I've been, you know, I, I don't deserve this. It's almost like the summary. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be running away from a woman. I don't deserve to have this woman give me a threat when I'm serving you. Why must this happen to me? It's like that kind of a pity party. You should have saved me. You should have done, you should have done something for me. Done a supernatural work and delivered me. And, and, you know, I don't know, send angels. And God, you know, you understand. I'm complaining to you right now. I, I don't deserve this. And that's what Elijah answers. And I love this. God said, go out. You see, the thing is, for three months now, we've been very familiar, and in fact too familiar, with the words, stay home. So to hear God say, go out, is very unfamiliar. It's very different. But God is saying to us now, let me give it to you now, that the answer will no longer just be stay home, stay safe, take care of your body, take care of your health. That itself will not be the only answer. God is saying the answer is found by faith as we go out. God didn't say stay in the cave, He says go out. 
the answer is out there. Your calling is out there. Your destiny is out there. Your legacy is out there. The miracles are out there. The supernatural wonders are out there. Souls are to be saved out there. Amen. So God says, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Go out and stand before the Lord. Go out. And behold, the Lord passed by. Listen, people, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. So there's a powerful wind that came. God says to Elijah, go out. God was about to show Elijah some things. So the wind came. Strong, boisterous wind. It broke the rocks into pieces. But the Bible says the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. When we are afraid, and when fear grips our hearts and paralyzes our minds and our bodies. You know what I find many people doing? They know they should be out there. They know, they know in their heart of hearts that they should be back at work, back at school, back at church. They, they know that they should be doing something more. The very thing they've been called to do. You know, there's a stirring. Because God made us to be like that, you see. So we can't deny the DNA the divine DNA that all of us have. We can't deny it. We can't shut out the voice. So what we really need or even want is a confirmation. Isn't that true? I've seen it so many times. Christians, believers, the people of God, the people of church, they want a confirmation from God before they get out. They want God to speak to them. Hopefully in a form of a cure, COVID-19 cure, God, if you give me a cure, I will go out. God, if you give me a vaccine, I will take that as confirmation. God, if you inspire the government to say this or that, you know, then I will take it as a sign. Now, those are very big signs. The cure is a big sign. The vaccine is a big sign. And it's like the wind breaking up the rocks, the earthquake or the fire. I'm telling you right now, God is not always into big, huge confirmations. We're waiting for the fire moment. We're waiting for the earthquake moment. We're waiting for the wind so powerful it will break rocks moment. But you know what God is about to give you? Listen to me now. He's about to give you and me that still, small voice. Can I tell you now? What's the truth? The truth is, the greatest confirmation for you and for me is not in the wind, is not in the earthquake, is not in the fire. The greatest confirmation that you and I need is a word personal word from the Lord to us. We just need to hear His voice, whether there be the wind, whether there be the earthquake, whether there be a fire, whether the government says this or that, whether there is a vaccine, we need to hear His voice. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We just need to know inside here not outside. You know, your pastor can preach until his face is blue. But it's not what your pastor is saying. It's that still small voice that when you turn off this 
screen, when you turn off this YouTube, when you turn off this Facebook, when you turn off this TV, it is that still small voice that will continue with you after, long after this message is heard. Are you all still with me? What is God saying to you? Doesn't matter what he's saying to the whole country. Doesn't matter what he's saying to the whole world. What he's saying, what is he saying to you? To you, to you, the still small voice. So that when you go out there and things happen, you don't have to blame anybody else. Because it's a personal word of God to you. Step out on the water, walk. It wasn't to anyone else, it was just to come on, Peter. That's why probably the eleven didn't walk out, because the word wasn't for them. The word was for Peter, what was the word? Just one word. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, call me to come and walk on the water towards you. And Jesus just gave him one word. And that's all we need. Hallelujah. That's all we need. One word from the Lord. One personal word. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on that word. It was the word of God that kept him floating. Amen? It is the word of God that will keep us floating. What is God saying to you? Don't care about the winds that will break the rocks. Don't care about the big, you know, show in the heavens. Don't care about the earthquake that shakes everything around you. Don't look for the big sign. Look for the still, small voice. No matter what anyone says or does, and no matter what the predictions or promises are, at the end of the day, it's the still, small voice of God that will do it for us all. We all need that voice. We all need that word. We all need that confirmation. And may the confirmation not only just come from your church, from your pastor, from your government leaders, may it come from the living God who loves you and gave his life for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to say thank you. Father, thank you so much for your word that has gone forth. We see this journey. We see that it is you know, different points at different times that we will experience different things in our lives. And some of us will be tempted to stop at Judah. Some of us will be tempted to stop at the wilderness. Some of us will be tempted to stop inside the cave just because it's the mountain of God. Some of us will be tempted, you know, to say, ah, look, you know, the big earthquake and the big wind and the big fire. Oh, and we go like, that's the that's confirmation we need. Some of us will just stop there. No, God, there is that more in you. There is a deeper place in you. There is that still small voice that all of us need to hear. I'm sending you out and as you go out, come on church, as you go out on the way, all the way, you will see God's miracle for you, for me, for all of us. Praise the Lord. God, we receive all this by faith. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you richly. I hope to see you soon. Take care, be safe, and live for Him. For there's nothing else more amazing, more fulfilling than to give God our all and our best. God bless you. See you soon.